I've been using Linux. <laughs> I became Why? a Linux nerd this week. Why? Long story. You want to hear it? No, that's okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, you're getting a pop-up. Yeah, yeah they want that. me to buy a Cadillac. You see, do you see the ad? It's for a Cadillac. Look at that price. That's horseshit for sure. You're not getting... How much do you have to put down to get it for $1.99 a month? Don't worry about like it. $500 listen, a month. Listen, listen. These ads are targeted for a reason. And, and they obviously know not what my tastes are like. All I'm saying is Kia only shows up on my Facebook. Cadillac shows up everywhere. Um... Well, but that's yeah. funny, Gorov. Since we're talking about uh, things that are like our social feeds, I have made my Instagram feed a living nightmare lately. Um, How's that? I like to watch. And whose nightmare? To be honest, uh, most people's is my guess. I like to watch extraction stuff. Are you, you know, like, um, like Doctor Pimple Popper and that kind of thing? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not horribly familiar, but I'm a little familiar. I've done Suggest- the research, but once because someone suggested the show, and then I never went back. Oh, so okay, so extractions are just like close up, like close up filming of like uh, white heads and black heads being popped or extracted from the pores, uh, and they uh, cha- <laughs> like they change in severity to like your typical little white head or blackhead to like fucking gross massive pus balls on people's backs and things that are uh those are like are filled with blood and pus and grossness and those are pretty hard to watch sometimes but i i i man so you spend like a good hour and a half watching extractions and your feed starts you know like filling up with like blackheads and pus and <laughs> so now like anyone who like if you were to like to look in my instagram feed you'd like most people are like, what the fucking, where's all the TikTok dancers? Um, so wait a second, but are you talking like your main feed? Like where you actually No, not like the people accounts? I follow, like the search, the search. Okay. Um, I don't go to that tab too much actually anymore. I do to watch extractions. I don't like what I find on those tabs. It's usually like just crap. You know what I mean? It's and then garbage. I'm like, what am I liking? So then it's. We've so easily talk about trained cleaning up too. the shit you fall. Oh yeah, I've, have you spent time like training it? Sometimes? Well, I'm trying to get more extractions, but or like less, th- another thing they think of is like they watch like your scroll speed too. So if you like oh, don't okay. have to even click on something, but if you like stop in a like a block of ten or whatever for longer, for, like so you have to keep. Like if you see stuff on there and you don't want, you got to move past it real quick too. It's really just, I know, but the thing is, it's like there's a reason you were flooded with that shit in the first place, right? And and so I'm with you, man, because I've been trying to. I've spent months, like months, like retraining, like my explore tab to be like, listen, I really don't want this shit. Yeah. That's just the shit that I hit like on because I'm an idiot with no self fucking control. I wish it and was like, like Spotify. It's like the no, but the Instagram Explorer feed is like my my brain's version of like my idiocracy lifestyle, <laughs> right? Like it's 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 my base. Like you you could go through all of my stuff. You could be like go through my Twitter, my Facebook, my like Google history. Even I swear to God, my Instagram Explorer tab is like a worse representation of me than like 
the worst of my Google search history. Ah, and, and I'm trying to change that. Extractions are better on Instagram than that show. Doctor, uh, let me talk to you about Doctor Pimple Popper, okay? For a honestly, second. man, the only extractions I've like, you know, you say it. Over, I just keep thinking like Chris Hemsworth pimple movie. stuff. Doctor Pimple Popper was on TLC. Okay. Like she was like an instant in, an no, internet yeah. like thing, and then they gave her a show. But you know why they fucked up? Because they did like one or two extractions uh, an episode. They were like thirty minutes, hour long, or whatever. And the first 20 minutes of the extraction um, was getting to know the weirdo that let this friggin' baseball-sized pimple grow on their back. Like, the one thing I don't need is to get to know that person. I don't need to, I don't need a biography of a guy who let that shit grow on their shoulder for four, for four years. Screwed the show up. That's, Those people aren't interesting. Yeah, but no, we don't but need to know anything about them. We just want to see the shit come out of them. I want to feel a little sick, <laughs> but my curiosity but, is served. But like, what? A, how else are you supposed to kill the time? You you just show more extractions. You, <laughs> you don't after you've seen like one or two, isn't it? Like you've seen. Well, you can ask the question, but the show got canceled right. because of that. Okay. Oh so no! I, obviously, I it's it. not right. You can't. You can't do bios of these weird people. No, no, listen, I've, I've seen this format get played out before on like the learning channel or whatever. Yeah. Um, when I got addicted to, I didn't know I was pregnant. And then <laughs> after a while, you're like, I don't need to know about these people who are, I don't want to know about these people. I just want to know when the moment happened. Yeah. Right. Like, right. cause, cause after, okay, man, after you've heard the best one of like the girl who was at the amusement park and went to the bathroom cause she thought she had gas and then, like, ends up giving birth to a baby in, like, the bathroom of, like, a fucking Cedar Rapids, Six yeah. Flags. Um, yeah, man, after that, I don't really want to hear the story of anybody else. I just want to hear, like, okay, where no. did it happen and how did it happen? All right? You don't. Like, you don't want to hear their background. You don't want to get to know them at all. Because they're not people you need to get to know. They're not. They don't deserve 15 minutes of fame. It's a whole that's a whole subgenre, man. Like MTV's got like whole reality shows based off of uh the teenage moms, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, teen mom. Teen mom yeah. it was called. It's like do we need to know a lot? Teen Mom Two. Teen Mom Reunion. I'm doing the movie always a little bit there. Bachelorette. Teen Mom. From the people who brought you Teen Mom One and Two. That would be a great crossover, though, right? That's a good, good crossover episode. One of like the teen moms grows up to become like you know mid twenties yeah. mom babies all grown up and back with a vengeance. <laughs> and then she gets a spot as the bachelorette. Oh, <laughs> right. There. And all the guys are like nah. <laughs> Ratings all over the place. He can have my rose. <laughs> I watched Team Mom <laughs> oh, one. Goodness. I don't wanna I don't want that rose. Streaming this February. From the team that brought you classics like Brie Larson Saves YouTube and Ultimate Batman, a John Brown film, comes Can You Confirm That? Where are we at? We got the Instagram, you mentioned you mentioned the Facebook, you mentioned the Twitters. Um Yeah, I guess I didn't mention Facebook, but we're there too. Yeah. One, two. A lot of people use Facebook. The podcasting world is competitive. Luckily for us, Can You Confirm That is here to spice up the comedy interview genre. And it was one of those weird weddings where there was like 14 courses coming at you. 
and I'd never been through anything like this in my life before. Get your burners ready as they keep you up to date on news. Well, the circle of life is a real thing, though, right? Like, yeah, but like cows and chickens and things like the entertainment. Godzilla versus Kong versus Tremors versus Sharknado and pop culture. Shark fin soup coming out. And I've got to make a decision on ethically. What do I think? I ate the damn shark. There might be some dull moments, but if you can't stand the heat in the kitchen, listen in the living room. In that moment at that time, what am I accomplishing by saying, no, thank you? Like, who's who's this greater message for? I'm the one who's going to be like 84 years old and dying someday. So strap in for this podcast thrill ride. Starring, hey, I'm John Brown. And come Gorov Wonder. I'm Gorov. I'm Gorov. Gorov? Gorov. Can you confirm that? Oh, it's been ba- banned in uh, Canada since, um, let's see. Oh, it doesn't matter. Hey, let's start the show. You know what I did watch this week? Um, what? A couple things. I've been watching a couple things. Um, one, I'm on season two of The Mandalorian, finally. Oh, great. So, so I watched what are all you... the first season. Yeah, let's have a chat, because that's a big one for our kind of podcast listeners and audience and you know what made me want to watch it what the other than can i spoil the last episode of season two i wouldn't but (laughs) who are you concerned about yourself or anybody else listening so i haven't watched it okay but i do know what's it's concerning so how about we go with this understanding for our audience okay usually every week (laughs) no but but Usually every week we'll come Rolling on. Rolling my eyes at you, audience. No, but we did this with Cobra Kai, and we've done this with a couple of other things like Tenet and such. So I think this is a good episode. Episode 29, we're going to throw the gauntlet down. We'll put the disclaimer out. We'll put the essay out, the short piece on what exactly it is we do. Here's what we'll do. We're going to spoil it. But we're not going to spoil it for those who watched it, right? So if you've watched it, you're not spoiled. You're going to enjoy it. But really, maybe you're 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 like me, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to get to something right away. But you're not gonna walk away from it just because somebody you know. told you what's gonna happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so perhaps, perhaps if you're listening and you're worried about spoilers, but you're kind of lazy. This is this needs to be your self-aware moment of spoilers ain't gonna ruin my life. And perhaps this will help me uh, around the water cooler. Mm-hmm. And then when I get to something, I get to something and then I'll enjoy it from a different angle. So you know what, John? Your job here, buddy. Yeah. Is to take the audience and me on that journey. Listen. I haven't seen it, but I know what it's about. Okay, so that I like it. Okay, so uh, forewarning, you are listening to an entertainment news podcast, and we are going to talk about current entertainment news. That might include talking about current television shows that we're interested in, or shows that ended like two months ago. Get over it. If you're here, use us to help you with the water cooler. Um, I should say too again, and I'll repeat what you just said. This is uh, episode 29 of Can You Confirm That? Big deals here. Um, everybody, I got some cool announcements that I want to tell you about in a minute. But let me talk to you about why I'm watching The Mandalorian. And, and maybe use this as an example of why you should get off your ass and watch shows, too, if you are hearing spoilers and you're upset about them. 
Holy, I'm taking your route and going going hard on the audience right now, aren't I? You're loving it. No, I mean it's just it's it's the uh so I've been watching. I am, I am, I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched The Mandalorian, but I saw something on YouTube. Okay. Uh, Corridor Crew is a group of um, like uh, CGI and special effects artists that have a YouTube channel, and they like sometimes do things like uh, let's let's take the scene from the Scorpion King where the Rock comes out as a scorpion, that terrible CGI moment, and like let's use our skills to make that scene better. Let's improve the lighting. Let's improve the masking and stuff. It's actually really interesting content. So they do this. Uh, they did a episode on the season two finale of the Mandalorian mm. and the big spoiler is that Luke Skywalker shows up what? and, um, but they didn't get Mark Hamill and it's a young right. Luke Skywalker. I guess the timeline is, uh, just at the end or just after maybe like 20 years after the events of um, uh, Return of the Jedi, I guess. Like they talk about how both Death, Star, Death Stars have been destroyed, um, that kind of thing. So um, Jedi are a sort of a myth in this show. However, they've met a couple now. And at the end, Luke Skywalker shows up and... Uh, Basically, like, is a little badass, kicks a little ass, and then takes Baby Yoda, and that's it. Okay? okay. So that's what happens. Not a huge, like, I, I don't even know what how that falls into the plot too, too much. Um, I think it's a, it's but a I saw the couple scene. of big things for those who have been watching this yeah. show. Yeah. Um, so I saw this scene, and they did, a, they did a, their episode was about trying to make Luke Skywalker look better. Um, the, and they're like, can we do better than Disney <laughs> with a lower budget? Because the Disney one uh, was a little lifeless. Right. The lighting wasn't great. The eyes weren't great. And they kind of critique and tell you what yeah. you should, like what could make it better. So they hired an actor. Well, they used someone in their in their on their team and got the costume and like did a like background and like you know computer generated background and did a deep fake of Luke face on this guy to try to make it a little better you can check and see if you think what you think oh, I, I, i've seen it and i think even hamill saw it um i hope so oh yeah it got around i, I believe and it tends to go that way I, I don't know what the case is with that right because you've seen it like even with um somebody did it with the irishman and with de niro and they put together like three minutes and it was like a better like de-aging than De Niro's own. Like then, I mean, sorry, mm. Scorsese's own. And I don't know what the case is there. It could just be, you know what? It It's to me, when you see guys do that stuff and put it on YouTube that quick, there's two things you got to keep in mind or the grain of salt of it, right? Uh, one is um, they've had, no, I'm not even going to say more time, but sometimes that stuff is so cloak and dagger that even people at the Mandalorian that were on set didn't know what that shot was about. Like Katie Sackhoff, I think, is in that shot and was saying how she like was in the that shot and didn't know what they were filming because they brought a guy in, oh, right? Like, um, yeah. Which is to say that that means there's probably only like two or three guys plus the director of the episode and an exec producer. So like maybe six to seven people total who are in on making that work. Um, so you got two guys who are 
technically maybe not as skilled working over at I don't want to like it sounds outrageous to say but like maybe at ILM this was just assigned to the two or three guys who were you know they would have gotten the B minus on the project at MIT and like there just happens to be a whole slew of people in YouTube and other worlds that are are A minus students who just didn't get the job right like so um it's hard to say like that happens everywhere like right yeah well i know corridor crew made the joke about disney is welcome to hire them all that's not a joke when they say it right like dude we it. make those jokes we're not joking right like well, no well <laughs> if we were doing as well as corridor crew we maybe would be joking no, we would just be asking for more money that's all <laughs> like, corridor crew a division of disney <laughs> disney like the mouse react disney interactive yeah. Imagine Mickey doing like um commentary videos on YouTube. Oh, oh. I am now. Your top ten TikTokers. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of TikTok and deepfakes, did did okay. you did you see the really good one? Okay. There was a really, really good one. Uh, I don't know if I sent it over to you or not, but like um the reason it was it kind of caught that little wave. You know, you know, like Memes catch waves, right? They either become yeah. like giant waves and tsunamis that become a giant meme that crashes everywhere, or there's small waves that like crash on like small distant shores of groups of people. And so, like along the political spectrum group, I got a amazing TikTok of Vladimir Putin sitting there, unbuttoned shirt, you know. Abs, abs he does rocking. like shows chest. He was showing it. He was showing it all right. <clears throat> and it like it's him posing and then it goes and like morphs into a black and white photo of him like from like when he was probably like, 18 doing the exact same pose all like ripped and jacked looking sexy but is this is deep fake i'm interested right now here. well that's the question john oh i see nobody so I don't know if this means I don't know, have enough Russian friends, but I couldn't get it verified by enough people. I've got like a couple of Ukrainian friends, but they weren't available for comment. Um, so <laughs> what's going I don't on? Know what it <laughs> but like the, the idea is like, I don't know. Cause it, the entire, the entire, like I found, I went, I tracked down cause each TikTok video, like when it gets out into the world has like the, the handle on it, right? Like it's a watermark. So you can go into the app and just track down the video. So I find the video on like, a, I can't for the life of me find out if this profile is a Russian profile that makes like satirical videos or is, or is like an account that like works with and spawn, like it could just as well have been like the equivalent of the Russian state Ben Mulroney and his eTalk account. And this could have been real but i don't know i have no way well, of telling and like to be honest i think the joke is better when like it comes to me and i send it on and everybody asks the same question as you did yeah and now it's just real just say it is well just keep perpetuating it says something about society uh, i think that we're at a point where that could have either have been deep faked or it could have actually have been vladimir putin Fucking around for TikTok 
for votes. Yeah. Like this is 2021. Well, I mean, you can't really trust a lot that you see online anymore. That's the hard part. But <laughs> this makes me want to talk about one of our big announcements. Uh, so I, I want to announce that we're on Twitter finally. For uh, can you confirm that pod? It's at uh, cyct pod. Uh, please come and follow us. You can check out this deep fake or this picture of Vladimir Putin that Gorov's uh, posting, and let us know your thoughts. Is it real or not? Search for us at, at cyct pod. That's a big exciting thing. You can interact with us now on the Twitters. This is yeah. This is one for the fact check army. If you're out there, yeah. let us know. Like, is this real or deep fake or not? Poll. All those things. You can find us a couple ways on there. Yeah, you can definitely search has- hashtag factcheckarmy. Um, or you can search CYCT pod. What else do you want to tell the people about? We've got lots of things to tell them. Why don't we get why don't we do some more announcements a little bit later on? Okay. Uh, okay. That's how you want to roll. Okay, I get it. Lots, there's a lot of. I'm just excited. So many, I'm just so excited about. Some there's things. so many portions of this podcast that people should stick around and listen to, and like maybe some more announcements right. at the end. There's a good idea. But for now, they should probably all be hopping on on the Twitter and following, and checking this Follow out. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Well, one of our first 100 followers gets a fifty dollar Amazon gift card. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you laughed over laughs, right? <laughs> Not yet. Oh my Not goodness. Yet. Maybe someday. That was dangerous. You know what else I've watched? Uh, blown Away. Do you know what Blown Away is? It's like a glass blowing. It's chopped for glass blowers. Okay. Or it's forged in fire for glass blowers. I definitely saw it being promoted. Take your pick. Um, yeah. But not my... There's a lot... Okay. No, I mean... I'm I, I'm glad you gave it a shot. I want to hear about it, but but you do no, yeah, sure. Why not? Because it's it's <laughs> no, but okay. So th- this is where I think Netflix kind of kills me sometimes. It's like that's a fantastic show they probably put together, but it's not a show that I'm just going to be like. I have willingly made the decision of click and watching this because it doesn't. It does it that doesn't make sense for me. But what that would have is like an, an old linear television day of like where I'm just flipping through channels in between the news and something else. And like this thing called Blown Away is on like Discovery. I might flip to it for 10 seconds because you know what? I'm not about to find the next um, like what's the one where they used to go for? Lobster Wars, right? Was that a show? I think. Where they used to go fucking know, fishing for lobsters and stuff. Um, it doesn't seem that hard. No, man, but it was cutthroat and like you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want the other guys to get to the nets before you. Um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm not, see, but that, that, like that show I learned about on like a discovery on like a Sunday afternoon because I was flipping between the news and waiting for a sports game to start. But Netflix doesn't have the luxury of me like flipping through. Now, what would be hilarious is, is if they started doing picture on picture of like when I'm sitting there for seven minutes, just kind of like cruising through of like, what do I want to watch? What do I want to watch? What do I want to watch? If like a box just randomly appeared in like the top right-hand corner, Start just started something. like, but not even playing something. 
because here's here's where they also lose me is like you can't go with, you can't go with the ding and then into the show because that first ten sec you just that box just needs to pick up like seven minutes into the first episode or the third episode of Blown Away, okay. And they're and they just, just compete and do like, like art. Mostly, it's like art pieces. Judged on their blowing skills and how or how well they blown blow, blow yeah. something. Yeah, their creativity and like the judges like their technical skill. I've never seen anybody blow yeah. like that before. Composition. Yeah, there was one guy who's like, he was ex- most expert. He didn't win actually. Um, oh, spoilers for blown away. They like uh, a lot of fancy STEM work. Oh, there's tons. Cane. Have you ever heard of pulling cane? Pulling well, cane. Well, now you got me. Yeah, there you go. Pulling cane is a glass blowing skill. It's also a show airing on ABC about um, Cain and Abel, uh, but it's like a redo where where Cain is like a New York City cop and he's working with a photographer and he's like trying to find his brother Abel's killer. Pulling Cane. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I watched that show. But I no, also see, that that was <laughs> that was so perfectly set up. And then this is why I, I think screwed up the title. No, 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 you nailed everything. But here's no, you got everything right except for one thing. And this is why I if me and you ever sat in like a writer's room to actually sit down and write jokes together, you would have nailed 90% of that. And I'd have been like, Yeah, but it's not on ABC, bro. It's on it's on Peacock. Oh, okay. I said NBC, didn't I? No, you NBC. said ABC, but it's like Peacock, right? Huh? Huh? <laughs> okay. That's why we're a team. Yeah, that's right. So tell me more about uh, this uh, pulling shaft. No, I'm just going to. Don't be rude. Uh, so I also watched the first episode of Fate, the Wink Saga. And that was a pretty shit show. Don't, don't waste your really? time on that one. Because, in my opinion. yeah, a lot of people. And so this is where I, I will give Amazon and Disney. And I think even Apple TV full marks on what they do. They have faith in the shows they put on. So the second a new show hits Amazon or a new show hits Disney uh, or a new show hits um, and Apple, they're, they're not shy to show you because most of them have built in the IMDb or the Rotten Tomato. Netflix has none of that, right? And, and I think the, the reason for that is because I... Sit there all weekend, and I'm like, number two, eh? Oh, number yeah, one, it's... eh? It's climbing. But nobody, <sighs> like, I can't trust people who, because no, nobody's had the time. Yeah. If, if I'm talking to somebody when it comes out, if you had brought it up, you'd have been like, I started it. Yeah. And I'd have been like, so how's it going? Is it good? Should I start it? And you'll be like, hmm. Let's see where I'm it goes, right? Two. No, but it's like, let me, you know, it, let's yeah. see where it goes is sometimes what you might get, or you might get a, I don't know. And then that's the problem, right? Like I, I'm glad you told me because. Well, yeah. Well, even my right? watching the first episode boosts the numbers. So uh, it's just very poignant yeah. that, um, one of the big critiques I have of it, I just last week listened to episode 28 of, can you confirm that, uh, music, in movies and lo and behold this movie is pop top 40 bullshit even though it's about like these kids in a different realm going to 
class or whatever. It's just music took me instantly right out. And all I was thinking uh, about was like our critique of good. music and film and it just didn't suit anything. So that instantly took me out. It's like all the worst, all the worst parts of twilight mixed with into Harry Potter, basically. Like it's just a shiny, stupid kid, like teen love drama. Anyway, we've all seen that, that shit before. Um, not original. Um, in fact, there's a show that I uh, watched it with my wife, and we both, I kind of brought it up, and then she sort of started remembering it too, where there's another show that they basically stole this story from. Um, tell me if you remember, if this is something that sounds familiar to you. There's like uh, the main character is a female who like can control fire. Tell me if I'm making this up. And she has like burns on her hands and stuff and she always wears gloves because she wants to hide it and i think she like killed like her parents or something like this with her fire skills because she can't control them she has to learn how to control them does that sound familiar it, to you it doesn't sound implausible and she has like right? black like, gloves on or whatever to hide her it doesn't sound like it, no but it doesn't okay so it doesn't sound like a show that i watched but it does sound like the kind of character that i would have seen on like an episode of shield you know what i mean Mm, yeah, maybe something like right? that. Right, like one of those. Maybe that's what it's from. Um, yeah, that kind of rings more. Tr- not, you know I mean like I don't, I don't see how that wouldn't be right. But yeah. goodness, that would be a skill to have. So, so the basic characters like a pretty basic, like easy bad writing type of tropes, right? Uh, the the you know like uh, she meets her pretty blonde roommate who's kind of a bitch and. Um, the guy that she meets her first day there is that girl's ex-boyfriend and she's now jealous and now they can't talk. Like, you know, that kind of, that trope that we've seen a million times. Yeah, like, okay. what are the odds? Obviously it's going to happen in this story where they just want to make another teen drama. It was, it don't watch it uh, unless I you're bored. I won't. No, no. I mean, yeah. even like, I think there's so much stuff that let's, let's do our audience a favor. Like if we're spoiling things for you, let's also just kind of tell you the odds here of like, there's so much shit out there. If it's not worth your time, so it's not much. worth your time, right? Like, don't do it. Um, but if you think we're wrong about something, hey, if somebody out there has watched this one and likes it, go nuts. Let us know. Like, yeah. we might be wrong. Yeah, or don't. Let me know. I don't I want to hear that opinion that you think it's good. Well, <laughs> okay. I'm, no, tell me. No, tell me. I'm, I'm excited no, but I'm, to have this I'm, debate. <laughs> I'm, no, not. We don't want any debates. No debates. <laughs> but what I'm always curious to know is, what somebody's redeeming quality of it might have been. That's okay. what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere may have liked that show and it may have been for a specific reason, but like generally they're gonna be wrong. So <laughs> this might this might segue well at least. On Prime I'm watching Just for Dinner, which is an early nineties cooking show starring Ken Caustic and Mary Jo Eustace, and they, I don't know if you'll remember it or not, they're like uh, two people who uh, cook cook dinner in 30 minutes or so, um, like they cook during the commercial breaks and stuff, uh, it's like a daily cooking show, and they share the kitchen, and they like fight over the burners, and it's called Just for Dinner. Remember that one at all. <laughs> so I've been binging that on my like, just needed to be distracted times. We've done a few things around the house, uh, some redecorating stuff, so... Oh. Uh, I haven't been. So that's what you chose eh? too much, during but... your distraction time. My distraction yeah. time this week was uh, 
was Superstore, which made the move, I guess, from Amazon to, or not the move, but now is also on Netflix. It's always funny to me when shows that have been around for a while on streaming services all of a sudden get a boost. And all of a sudden, throughout this weekend, I'm hearing from people, hey, have you seen Superstore? Have you seen Superstore? And I'm like, yeah, it's good, right? Because it's one of those weird shows that I started watching years ago. And now it's in its newest, so whatever new episodes come up, and I'm watching it. But now that it's hit Netflix, it's become one of the this week's recommendations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen it a ton, but I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? I would say yes. I I'm, to me because it's it's one of those. This is the one of those shows that frustrates me in the sense that I shouldn't even have to answer the question. Like, just look at it. It's so obvious. It's going to be funny. Right, like just there's nothing about that show that should make a person even question. Like, is is this something I want to watch? And I'm just glad that we live in a streaming era where, where this show, which would probably have been canceled, it would have gone the way of like a Better Off Ted or a Happy Endings or anything else. Had it, or it have been a Community. Had it just started, had it started two years sooner, this show would have been dead after two seasons. Um, but by the grace of God and by the Grace of technology, I guess, which could be God. God. Welcome back to Jesus Talks, our <laughs> Jesus podcast. Callback from last week. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's a good, yeah, it's a good callback. Uh, but no, but, but just by the nature of like all, like an, it's been on Prime for years. And every season, like hmm. Prime picks up the new season and puts it on. And now Netflix and Peacock's Aaron. So this show's probably going to get another two years, three years, which I'm happy for. So for those who haven't watched it, yeah, go. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, if you liked Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you liked The Office, you liked Parks and Rec, you liked any of those things. It's so rare to find decent sitcoms that are hilarious that don't rely on, like, nudity, F-bombs, um, all that. Like, it's just a, a normal, like, you know, I'm glad you're watching your old cooking show, right? Thanks. Thanks. From Prime. But the reason I wouldn't be watching, like, I would never find time for that. I don't need to be just, because if I want to be distracted with cooking, there's an entire channel full of shows about supposedly cooking, but usually it's just weird other shit. <laughs> but then there's uh, all I don't these. Get that channel. But then there's also all these other like brand new cooking shows. There's a little bit of everything now for everyone when it comes to those kinds of things. So I'm I'm wondering, John, when are you gonna make the move from watching like okay, you know just what? Just for I, dinner. I would join you for an episode of just for dinner if no, if you, you for some reason watch it with you. <laughs> if for some reason No, we're not watching that together. Like you know um, what I you know what I might do on YouTube is look look like do a binge for cooking with Yan. Or you remember that one? Walk with uh, Yan. So Yan can cook is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and the the tagline was, gosh, I'm gonna say this as white as possible because I don't want to get in trouble. If Yan can cook, so can you. Hiya. Yeah, okay. It doesn't I work when wanna... you say it as white as right. <laughs> That's so weird well, that, that that joke and that slogan just doesn't hit or work when it's said <laughs> politically correct. That's so weird. Well, uh, oh there's two goodness. options. 
I, it doesn't work or we get canceled. One of the two options. <laughs> um, we got to dig so up yeah, the Yeah, Kate Cook's a great one. Prime has a lot of the old Food Network stuff that you kind of alluded to. Right? You know, that, that you can like stream a ton of Food Network stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of history about me. Did you know I almost went to culinary school? I almost went to the Stratford Chef School. Um, I even went as far as the in-class um, day where I actually cooked with the students. And um, like we made creme brulee. We made baguettes. Uh, I was a little hesitant. I was like, oh, man, maybe I'm going to feel like I feel like I can cook okay, whatever. I'm going to show up here, and then I'm going to feel like a total ass. Really humbling. Um but no, in fact, I didn't at all. Like the <laughs> the teacher, I had like a uh, host student who like kind of toured me around and showed me around and everything. And um, he had asked, the teacher asked my host student to like shift an odd something. And then he was like talking to the class. I'm like, hey, do you want me to do that for you so you can listen to the teacher? He's like, oh, you know how to do this? I'm like, yeah, bro. It's not even that fancy. Shift an odd, come on. Bro. <laughs> But uh, it was a cool experience. I didn't go. I ended up not going because the, it's five days a week, or six days a week, excuse me, like mm. Monday to Saturday. Uh, they said, like, the hours you got to move to Stratford. It's yeah. like $19,000 for 18 months or something. Uh, I was a little intimidated by all that. So, And I was, you know, like, already, like, 31. So it had been a big upheaval of my life at that point. Uh, Looking back, but, would you have done it? Hindsight 2020 episode, like five weeks ago. I don't know, whatever it was, but like. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't feel like I huh? regret not going. I've done it, uh, maybe. I, don't know. I don't know if my love of cooking mm, the would passion. last. Yes. But, You'd have um, had to have taken up smoking, for sure. For sure. 100%. I don't know a single, <laughs> like kitchen that doesn't which is kind of gross but it's amazing well, at the they, same time they really emphasize like cleanliness at stratford shift school at least like i i didn't know oh, they all deep do clean twice in that even day, even deep clean. like yeah. michelin star chefs and cooking but yeah, like have you really seen ramsey's teeth and have you seen him on like a break right like yeah man there's a reason so, that guy gets rattled so much it's because he misses his smoke breaks <laughs> so the reason i told you that story is so you can understand what where my interest in cooking shows reside fantastic i remember when the the food network came to canada in 1997 i believe um hashtag fact check army but uh, i'm looking and it shows me 1997 so um and i was glued instantly to that food network and at the time though what they were showing was instructional because i'm an observational learner um you know, like I learned how to play guitar, which I'm pretty good at, I would say, by watching someone else play and repeating mm. what they do, mm-hmm. right? Or right? I can I can learn how to draw by watching artists on YouTube or wherever and then like mimicking what they do, listening and hearing that way. So um, I learned how to cook by, just by being glued to the Food Network at the start when they had chefs like uh, David Rosengarten. So taste and those kinds of shows. So I, I, I rem- lost interest. I remember in you the- at that time though. I remember you at that time and like you, I was high school early. Yeah, mid no, high school. And, and it was like right out, like maybe two or three years after you had found the food network that you kind of evangelized for it. 
Um, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> I was all about it originally. Exactly. Um, okay. Do you want to know how? Like right now, there's a few things like I remember about you from our earlier. Like we we're going on like 20, 22, 24 years of knowing each other. Yeah. Um, that's right. So there's there's a handful of things that I can kind of look back and be like, man, this boy. Right. Like I can remember from. Um, and you might not even like you're, you're, you have evolved. You've probably grown and changed and lost some of these memories of your own. But right now, dollar to dollar, we both show up at fucking the pearly gates. Cause of course it's that podcast. Yeah. Jesus talks. Um, it's very clever. Actually. It's like the Kanye song. I know we should actually probably sample <laughs> some of it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought about it last week. We talks keep bringing us. it up. <laughs> keep bringing it up. But we yeah. get to the gates and they ask, you know, like, you know, a trivia question that I can, I, the, qu- the trivia question I can answer is I know 100% that your, who your first Food Network crush was. Oh, who do you think it is? 100%. And, and I, I only know it because, 100, because after you said it, I was like, Maybe I haven't been watching the Food Network correctly. And I go and I, and like after a year of like also watching the Food Network, after you're, you, you've done this, I've developed mine. I was like, oh hey, man, before, I can't before believe you tell people. I can't believe he's into her when this one's such the better op- option. But this yeah. was 1997. I was 16. It was pretty easy to have crushes and feel, oh, this feel one, things. This one last lasted because this would have been like at least 2001, 2002, and you were still holding on. Okay. You were still right. holding on. So who is it? Then tell me. Double R R squared. <laughs> Thirty but, minute meals, baby. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That's probably true. Under yeah, that's right, man. Because you went after Rachel Ray, like the way she goes after dessert, <laughs> like after her meals. You know Stop what I mean? It. Like, Stop it. That's mean. <laughs> that's mean. Oh, good. We're talking about young Rachel Ray here. You know who held up amazing? Well, I well, think the yours is going to be Giada. Is that right? Giada? Oh, my God. Yes. That was my crush. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. So, since you took a little knock at Rachel right here. I didn't take um, a knock. She's amazing. Like, she's the next Oprah. Doesn't Oprah's, Giada kind of look like a bobblehead a little bit? Oh, doesn't she, she always not did, have though. the biggest head and teeth and mouth? She always tiny did. tiny frame? Did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. I mean... Giada's kind of a curveball. Like, if I'm answering the question of, like, who's held up the best and, like, who was kind of the off-center curve, like, that. no, but who, like, but who was, like, the off-center curveball for me, to be honest, of, like, who I would actually, because if you say that, I'd be like, you know what, Auntie? I actually do love Anna Olsen, like, and I think I may forever, right? Like, she's kind of like that Martha Stewart level of just, like, because I'm pretty sure Anna Olsen's Canadian, right? She was like the Canadian Food Network yeah. one who like I've been to her. I've been yeah. to her, one of her bakeries. That's what I mean. Like so, to me, I was just like, oh, like we just do everything in better in Canada. Like even our Martha is better. You know what I mean? Like look at her just selling stuff at Canadian Tire now, and I was just like so happy. What's the name of the town uh, up Portaluzzi? That's where she has her first there bakery. We go. And I remember getting really mad at my my father at. Anna Olson's bakery. Cause we go there. Okay. We stop in portal. Who's the, I don't know, some sort of family trip or whatever. We go into her bakery. Like she has a whole restaurant or whole like a uh, shop, like a store. Uh, there's like a spot in the back. It's like in like, kind of like a, like a 
sort of like a St. Jacobs-esque little mall thing, like a big building with like four, four or five stores in it. And uh, there's a place with like singing bowls in the back. Like, I remember this well. And then we go to Ann Olson's Bakery, and I'm like ordering stuff. And I'm like, Dad, what are you going to get? Are you going to get a butter tart or something? And he's like, no, I, I, don't, I don't want one right now. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want one, Dad? Like, this is one of the best bakers in Canada. She has three friggin' cooking shows. Like, they don't pick the shitty bakers. I was like, Dad, get a butter tart. I I just don't feel like one right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? Get a fucking butter tart. I'm so bad at him. But, like, okay, he (laughs) didn't know that information going in. He did know. And then you told him? Like, it was in one of those? He must have known. Like, why else would we all been excited to stop? But no, because he might not have. He might not have known, but the well, question is, well, okay, that, that's, that's the thing. He still didn't get anything. Well, then. That man, he's the type of man. So my dad also famously went to Krispy Kreme okay. once. You know how they give you a donut in the line at Krispy just, Kreme? Just hold on for a second. Paul, what are you thinking? Go on. <laughs> you know how they give you a donut in the line at Krispy Kreme? Yeah. My dad gets to the, gets to the cash and orders just a coffee. I'm like, what he are you just, talking he about? Had his, he had his he's donut like, of the day, man. <laughs> he's like, they already gave me the donut. <laughs> I'm like, go. are you kidding me? I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, I'm okay with that. Bring home donuts, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it wasn't about donuts for you. It was the about... He already gave me a donut. <laughs> he got his donut of... You know, Jesus. he got his allowance of the donut. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Because, like, what's Krispy Kreme doing in the first place? Just handing out product. But, <laughs> but... When in Rome, you ate the butter tart. That one I'm yeah, on. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with yeah. that one, man. Like, like you're not going to go to a place like that and not try. I have driven hundreds of kilometers just for, like, a treat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it. Or hundreds? or yeah, because or I was going to kind of caveat that. Or I have repositioned destinations for weekend getaways. Sure. Based around new information of the food I need to find. Yeah. Right. So if the option is like in a couple of weeks, there's a getaway time. Like you want to go to Niagara? Do you want to go Ottawa? Do you want to go? The idea is, hmm, you know, if, if we go to Ottawa, it'd be a great time to stop in downtown Kingston. Oh, not yeah. So I'm all, totally right? on board with this like, mindset. Yeah. And like the idea of it, it's like, well, fuck Niagara because I don't think there's anything on the way there for the weekend. Or, um, well, you know, if we head out towards the north, like we can stop. I mean, like the the yeah, that's the idea because I've had people stop me and be like, hey, wait, you're from Cambridge? And I'm like, yeah. well, I've been in fucking Toronto for like 15 years, but yeah, sure, I'm from Cambridge. So like, oh man, have you ever had the queue? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? And and so this is, right? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, oh, I heard it's amazing. And I'm like, okay. And then I will ask people who are locals to Cambridge and Kitchener, and they'll be like, that place yeah. is shit. It's not that good, yeah. man. It's like, yeah. it's not that great. Like, We're throwing a little know. shade over there at the queue, but yeah, no. You know what I mean? Right? Like, it's like, it's not wonderful. And I'm like, the problem, you can't oh. have a barbecue restaurant. That sells like hamburgers and nachos and like pub food and a barbecue menu. Okay. Well, so 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 here's my thought on that. That was probably not what they in, had intended to do. Because 
when I watched the episode of You Gotta Eat Here, that wasn't on the menu. Yeah. Right? It wasn't so, on the menu. And and that's it's probably not their fault that after six months of that episode airing, the buzz just went away. And like because it's it, it's gotta be more than that. Man, when I lived in um at the corner of like Dundas and Burnham Thorpe in Toronto and like Etobicoke. There was this place across the street that did these wings. And it was just kind of a hole in the wall kind of place. And it was called like the Sixth Street Pub or something. But they did like a hot and honey wing like no one's ever done before or mm. since. Good flavor. Right? I like and, hot and honey. And it, it, it's just... I've I I go chasing it everywhere, right? Because people call it different things, fire and ice and hot and sweet or whatever they'll call it, right? Mm-hmm. But these guys nailed it. And unfortunately, they're gone. Even though on the wall inside, they used to show off the fact that they had been on like restaurant takeover. But this was the problem. Have, having been on restaurant takeover... And having had like 72 hours to have their place redone. The inside of the place looked fantastic. (laughs) The clientele did not change. Yeah. So the same six guys who used to creep into the bar and be like looking for their Canadian bottles for like three bucks. were a little pissed off and annoyed that they were now 450. But they didn't leave. And it didn't help well, bring in new people, right? Like I kind of went in there because I wanted. I was like, it's a fucking thirty second walk, and they make the best. Like these are the wings I want, and they're thirty seconds away. Why would you ever stop going here until the day they closed? Well, that's the exact same, and I'll probably cut this, but that's the exact same thing that's going on with the queue. Because if you know what location in Cambridge that's in, cut it's it. It's the truth. Pretty no, sketchy. Pretty sketchy. Maybe the sketchiest part of Cambridge, <laughs> like where you don't want to take your family. So there's a probably reason why they have something for everybody. You can get like I'm sure pasta, spaghetti, well, meatballs on that. Yeah, menu, right? I don't think it's you don't need to cut anything. I mean, like the truth is the truth for them, right? It's not like they're sponsoring us or anything. But it's a little local dirt shade that I'm throwing here. <laughs> but but hey, and I threw some at Sixth Street, and they're gone, right? But yeah. and the problem is of the Food Network itself is kind of like it's it's just like the perfect image mirror of the of the stuff they air right like if you don't want to be on food network i don't think anymore as a as a you gotta eat here a restaurant takeover i don't want you to feature my name on your network because for some reason it's like the death knell I don't think many restaurants survive being featured on those kinds of shows. Um, and that's why you've seen Food Network itself. I don't watch as much. You might still watch, but I don't watch as much because it's mostly become Iron Chef, Chopped, yeah, Donut Game Show, Cake Game Show, yeah, another Cake Game Show, variety spinoff of the Donut Cake Show, right? Like... Um, Nothing there is compelling. Whereas everything I'm watching online is a different story, right? Like 
What's yeah. the last thing you even re- like? When's the last time you tuned to Food Network? Oh, I, I don't even uh, subscribe to the Food Network. I haven't for years. Right. So you uh, hit the nail, though. Okay, so the, one of the reasons why I wanted to tell you the story about me as a young uh, uh, man uh, watching Rachel Ray discovering his body Gross. Uh, <laughs> and learning how to cook on the Food Network. Okay, the reason I love the Food Network is because I wanted to learn how to cook, and so. Um, for a little while, that was the format, right? Like m- instructional entertainment. Uh, Bobby Flay's show originally was like uh, queuing and like grilling and chilling and, and or things like that. And there was one before that with a barbecue, like a slow pit guy. And they would talk you through uh, recipes and show you how to cook. And that was kind of the thing. Like 30-minute meals was how to cook. Um, Sugar with Anna Olsen was how to bake. All these shows, you know, most of the shows and most of the entertainment, like, I got hooked on Emerald, man. That was, like, the big thing back then. Everybody loved Emerald. Emerald had a live show where he cooked, like, Pascale, basically. These are what I was watching and what I was interested in. And um, I respect this guy. um, But I'll say that I think Guy Fieri ruined, like, what happened was he sort of ruined the Food Network um, because... Those like diners, drive-ins, and dives, which is why I understand why you make the road trip to a restaurant that you've heard about. Like I did that. The reason we went to Cleveland was Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the other was Michael Simon's Barbecue Restaurant. So I understand the appeal of like seeing something on TV, glamorizing that, seeing how good the food looks, um, and then wanting to go and taste it. Right? Uh, Guy Fieri's show kind of glamorized really fattening food which isn't great like um real groundbreaking chefs are not you know like not making bacon stuffed hamburgers you know like with like a crackling bun or whatever like you know like they would on diners drive-ins and dives like they don't teach that in the french schools right so uh and that Format changed because of the ratings, obviously, on shows like that. And then we got shows, you know, Iron Chef was always kind of a special show that aired once a week, but it didn't flood the channel. And then we got Chopped and Iron Chef and competition shows and touring restaurant shows. And there's no one hardly anymore that shows you how to cook on that channel. And so I, for the most part, I spend my time now watching, um, more instructional things like Bon Appetit on YouTube, the Bon Appetit channel, um, or, geez, uh, like, I don't love him. Uh, I have some issues with him, but Jamie Oliver has a whole channel called Food Tube, so he does, like, yeah, a lot of stuck cooking his, on there. Stuck to the roots, that's why. Gordon Ramsay has a, has a channel. Um, I watch the Munchies channel. Epicurious, Sorted, all of these channels on YouTube that I watch are closer to that instructional format. It's definitely easier to film for like home creators and stuff. Um, yeah, I think but that's what I want. I think you've, first off, thank you for that. That was passionate, full of <laughs> yeah. fucking passion. Yeah, um, still it. clearly love Rachel Ray, which is fine. She's a beautiful woman. Um, yes, after a while, I started. Started seeing it, man. I started understanding after she got on the Oprah kick and got her own show. I was like, you know what? He's not wrong. But it was a problem because every time her show came on, all I could picture was the filth that you must have done with her. 
Stop it. Stop it. So then I couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> Not with um, her. <laughs> In your dreams. No, but I mean, okay, so I didn't go to a culinary school, right? And, and like my, my love of food is actually, it's actually quite different, right? So, so people know, quick two-minute synopsis. People who know me really well will be like, man, you don't eat, and it's kind of annoying, blah, blah, blah. And I've been on record, and it's not. It's one of those things where if I could go back, I maybe would retract it now. I think I've evolved and changed past this line of thought. But there was a time in my life when I would say, I don't really care about food. Just if you could give me three pills throughout the day that packed every single thing I needed into that pill, I would just eat that and move along with my day. Because I got shit to do. Um, but you, as you get older, you need to slow down. That's how I feel about sleep. Right? Um, yeah. But you need that, right? Like, that's the thing, too. You can't. You can't get away with it. And, and so the thing is, as much as you might want to drink a protein shake, three boosts, and eat a couple supplements and hope that you can skip over the fact that you didn't have to cut up some veggies and cook them, as I've grown older, as things have gone on, it's become more... I now understand the love of cooking and the passion and the idea of when you slow down and you take the time of, of kind of doing it right. There's two, there's two or three factors, right? One is everybody says that a meal they've cooked for themselves just tastes better, right? And it generally it will because you put your own... Doesn't matter how shitty you made it, like you made it, it's going to taste better than anything else you've had. Um, until you realize there are some people out there who can make really, really good shit. And then you start going down that path. So my path is less yours. Uh, my path is more the John Favreau path of like a guy who just kind of stumbled into it and was like, I need to learn everything about it. Um, and it's and that's just me. That's my nature. You you mentioned earlier how you learn, right? My my nature of learning is really um, a hook. There needs to be a hook for me to something for me to dive into it. People just assume I know everything or have a little bit of a encyclopedic knowledge about a lot. Of, I'm not I'm not a Sheldon, right? Like I don't run around knowing things. I'm not a Jeopardy contestant. But to me, Bazinga. No, right? Like it's it's but. Like I didn't drink wine for the longest time in my life, right? And now you know me pretty well. You you know me well enough to know that like I know my grapes and I know my wines. But it's only because one day I went on a tour of a vineyard and I saw how everything was done. And yeah. it and it wasn't just your standard tour because you can go on a tour anywhere and they're just gonna be like these are grapes, this is wine, this is how it's done. Eh. But I just happen to be at like a really small vineyard who does not supply to the LCBO, only supplies to high-end restaurants. And the sommelier was taking care of like, there's two guys leading, one's the, like, and I was just like, this is the, this is the most hands-on, most, for someone like me who has no idea of what this is, but wants to, in, but, but the reason I don't get I, the reason I didn't step into wine or the reason I didn't step into food culture was it's felt intimidating from the outside, right? It felt like, well, 
there's no way I'm going to be fucking Fraser Crane and understand like what the best bottles are, or I'm not going to understand plating and how a palette works. What do I think I am? But the idea is you don't realize what you want to learn until you just jump into it. Right. So the same way as like that wine tour opened it up. I was at a wedding once and it was one of those weird weddings where there was like 14 courses coming at you. And I'd never been through anything like this in my life before. I sat down and I'm like, there are things on this menu that I, I, I ethically don't know if I would try. Oh, okay. Yeah. But here I am in the moment. If course one through seven, I hated, I would have easily have said like, you know what? Don't bring this one out. And I could have looked around the table and half of us would have been in agreement of like how we did the right thing ethically and whatever. But in that moment, I made the decision of it's already been made and this guy has nailed everything. And if there's one time in your life where you're going to get the chance to try it, this is it. As long as tomorrow doesn't become the day that all of a sudden I'm like a junkie, I'm a, I'm probably going to be okay here. Right. Well, so what you I hope had is it. that it's like, yeah, it's like harvested and served ethically. Like, but nothing about it is good. Right. Like the idea is, I would have preferred it not be available at all. But yeah, yeah. This is the when in Rome, right? Like it's it's gonna get thrown out if I don't eat it. And well that's true too, I guess. Right. right? Like in, in the sense is like what in that moment at that time, what am I accomplishing by saying no thank you? Like who's who's this greater message for? I'm the one who's gonna be like eighty four years old and dying someday. And it's kind of cool for me to be like, all right, I'm sorry, St. Paul. I know this might want to, this might be a strike against me. But fuck it, man. I had to try the shark fin soup. What would you say are some of the better places that you've eaten? And were they inspired by like celebrity chefs or anything like that? I'm glad you brought this up because this, this nails what you your your commentary earlier on the Food Network. Like I will add the analysis of why you were 100% right. You nailed it from the audience perspective of I used to watch it and learn and now I watch it and like Alton Brown's telling me about like a secret ingredient. Right? Um or people are just looking to beat Bobby Flay instead of Bobby Flay telling me how to make things. So one of the reasons I think the Food Network is kind of failing or has failed is something I don't understand. Because if Discovery can have five channels, like Discovery Science and Discovery Velocity, and if History can have History and History 2, why did the Food Network not just Food Network 2 and like mm. put the cooking shows there, trash. right? Or put the trash <laughs> there, right? Um, it didn't make sense to me because what eventually ended up happening was people found out or exposed those Food Network stars as the frauds that they kind of were, right? I'm going to give you a couple of exceptions, right? Like Jamie Oliver was probably one of the few on that Food Network roster at the beginning where you could be like, oh, he's too good for, for this network. And I think that's what ended up happening was I did track down, 
restaurants, pubs, whatever you could of like people attached to like a Curtis Stone. Right? Okay. You ate one of Curtis Stone's restaurants? Yeah, and it's nothing special. And I think what yeah. ends up happening is after the, the third or fourth Food Network chef that you've gone to eat at and realized walking out that it was nothing special, that, hey, there's a pattern developing here. Of uh, there is right. a chef that I am very fond of. His personality is entertainment, and we both together ate at his restaurant. And I'd have to say that I was not. I was I was definitely underwhelmed. Like we went to Parkdale. Okay. Right. Um, I got the hamburger. I think it's rated like the best burger in Toronto or something. That's what they say. That's what they want. Some other believe. people got fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say that I'd enjoy Burger Priest's hamburgers better. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, like I like Maddie Matheson a lot, I think. There's one celebrity chef in Toronto that has a restaurant called Ruby Watchco, Lynn Crawford. And I would like to eat at her restaurant. I believe that that would be good. Like she's the real deal. She's she's not on the Food Network because she opened Ruby Watchco. She's cooking every day there. And that's yeah. that I would like to do. The best Carla, my wife tells me the best meal I ever made for her was a was a Lynn Crawford meal. I made a smoked salmon and leek chowder with a with with a piece of salmon on top with like uh, corn and like a mushroom top and I, you know it's on my Instagram if you want to see it. Fantastic. <laughs> But she says that that's like the best meal. And that was from a Lynn Crawford salmon. Like, remember uh, chipping in or whatever it was? Okay. Pitching in or whatever, where she like went to like a salmon farm and she'd like help for the week. And then she'd go to like a pig farm and help help the pigs. And then she'd go to Florida and like pick oranges or whatever. And then like make dishes for the family that she worked with. Good show. Nice. You got me like opening up my skip the dishes now, man. I'm hungry. <laughs> It's too late here. Uh, everything, everything I want closes early on in Kitchener. Oh no! Got to get the big city drive. Uh, By the time it gets here, you just got to rehit it. But I mean, we're not. I I think that you're. I agree and I disagree with your take on the food network. I don't think they failed. Uh, I think they're doing well, but I think they failed people who were interested in having better food at home, for sure. Yeah, and and because of that, you see top tier talent, um, never really working with them, anyways, right? They right. they their yeah. their their tier is the Buddy Velastro tier, right? Um, and that's fine. Yeah, sure. Like that that's fine. Um, there's not much you can do. One about exception. That, right? One one exception I find, um, that's top tier, one of the best in the world um, who does do now, now he's on Netflix. Of course. But um, he was on Food Network. Heston Blumenthal. Do you there know you him? Go. Yeah. Heston. He's the owner of the Fat Duck. Six Michelin stars. British guy, right? Yep. Yeah. Gastronomical uh, whatever that's called gastronomy what's that called molecular gastronomy type stuff right and he used to have a show on the food network i think uh maybe uh, along the lines of like make it perfect or 
something where he would like take a hamburger and yeah. make the perfect ham, like go to like the gr- the source and like like grab raw beef and like taste it until he found the rest the best texture and learned how to create the best pat like you know like go deep into like simple things like obsess for like a week over these things great show actually yeah but they didn't run long right like no because it was i he was don't, too no but i don't for the regular... i don't think that was a food network show as much as it was like a british show that they picked up you know what i mean yeah like a BBC yeah or like an itv thing. or something um i think i remember those because we can skip right over food network in the sense that there's nothing there for anybody right now Right, like unless you want to know what the secret ingredient in the basket is, there's nothing. There's there's nothing left, right? Um, it's grocery games. The real world for this stuff is now online. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm at. And and because you can find all of it, you can find some. If you want that Food Network level of trash, you can find it. There's a ton of nailed it's out there. But oddly enough, Nailed It is better than anything on the Food Network. Like, even the trashiest of the food shows, um, the blown away version of a food show on Disney Plus or Apple TV is better than anything on Food Network. Right? You you know what I saw? Food streaming food show that was really terrible this week, I think I watched. Speaking of things that I watched, have you heard of Deliciousness? No, but I think I saw the thing and it looked bad, but I was like, this will be fine. It's still better than anything Food Network would have had. <laughs> well, it's a, it's I, I a, don't know. It's pretty crazy. It's a top right hand corner uh, for show for me, right? Like Tiffany Thiessen. Yeah. The only reason. And like, th- I don't know. Um, uh, the one girl from The Office and then two other guys who I yeah. don't know trying to do ridiculousness, but for like, Food YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Problem though is like Tiffany Thiessen uh, is boring and not funny. And the big difference between Rob Deirdrick and Tiffany Thiessen is when someone fails on their food video show, she goes, "Oh baby, oh are you okay?" The the what you're supposed to do is make fun of them and call them a loser, like Rob would do right. in ridiculousness. Yeah. Like you're there to laugh not feel bad because someone dropped their Pyrex plate. And so that, anyways, that, that show was hard. I didn't even, we couldn't even get through a whole episode of that cringe. That's fair. I mean, okay. It, <laughs> there's so much of it that you know what you like and what you don't, right? Like as an audience, right? And there's nothing on Food Network I will ever watch. But even after like 15 years of it, if it's on, I'll flip through it. I'll let MasterChef play in the background. I'm still a bit of a master chef guy. Like I still understand it. I still like it. I still think that there's high quality going on. I like the idea of home cooks who are kind of like the deep fake artists of YouTube, right? Like these guys could be amazing chefs. They just haven't had that crack yet. And like master chef is a, like, you're not like chopped is fun and all, but like, I don't need like, a line cook versus like an exec chef versus like a pastry chef. Like you guys do this for a living. Like you should be able to figure out how to like sneak that into something. But the master chef. Have you seen the Australian versions? Have you seen the Australian version of that? I forget what it's called exactly, but it's like, um, couples who come in and try to like, um, be the best chefs. Like Tim, Tim and Louise, 
uh, have been have been home cooks for 15 years together, and uh, they're going to bring their skills in, and you know, and then it's like I don't know, they have to make a souffle or whatever. Try I've tried the show. foreign shows, but the only one that I do watch on a regular basis to this day is the British Baking Show. The, the, oh, right? yeah, like I I will still watch that. Um, so tell me more about why you think so. There's not really that instructional stuff on Netflix either. Not as much. You can find it almost if you about look. as much as the Food Network, right? But yeah, you um, can find it. Why are they doing shows like The Chef's Table or Final Table? Um, like yeah. those are similar to a Chopped or to an Iron Chef type of program. But so what? What do you like about what Netflix is doing better? Well, the unfortunate part for Netflix when they try to do a Chopped or they try to do an Iron Chef is that unfortunately it just doesn't go anywhere. The audience doesn't really take it and run with it to a point where there's more. But the problem but for me the quality and the caliber of the show is like amazing. What what ends up doing really well on Netflix is still either you're nailed it and um the other one where like people are actually good at baking. Yeah, the great and Canadian bake off or, or the great No, bake-off. no, there's a yeah, there's a Netflix one now where they're actually really good. Um oh, okay. and then we're on the other side of the spectrum. It has to be a personality-driven one or high-quality caliber of like an ugly delicious with a David Chang. I'm thinking right? David Chang. Or, yeah. or even yeah. like a somebody feed Phil with a Phil Rosen. Who's got pedigree of like having done shows on PBS like of the same nature. Um, and then like the chef show with Favreau. And you can put yeah. that against nailed it. But in the middle, they do have something that no other network or anybody's doing when when it's the chef's table or Taco Chronicles or um, Salt Fat Ass. Salt meat. exactly, right? Um, or even like letting Chang do like a lunch breakfast dinner, like that's special as well. There there's a different kind of artistry that's going on with their food shows that that kind of bring art to the food, right? Which which is why when they fail with something like a final table, they fail miraculously. Like the the, the caliber of like the contestants on that show were judges on any show on the Food Network. Right? Like the contestants, the people who were trying to win the final table were people of such pedigree and of such acclaim already that on any Food Network show, they would have been walked out as. And our special judge tonight, right? Like, there was a Michelin star chef who was a contestant, (laughs) a contestant on that show. Um, Elan Ducast is here as a contestant. Like, (laughs) there was something there. Like, um, and that's, this is the, the Food Network versus what I would call the upper pantheon, right? The Food Network you get Buddy Velastro and the Cake Boss. And in the rest of the world, you get Christina Tossi. And that's your balance, right? So you can go for a road trip to New Jersey, right? And go look for one of the Cake Boss's like cakes or whatever. Um, but like, what good does that do other than for your Instagram? When, when the truth is, a much better road trip would be to go to Milk Bar. 
and get something that Christina's put her work into. Because if you know, you know. And it doesn't have to be for your Insta. Um, it still could be. It could still be. <laughs> but you know what? There's going to be less people who know. Well, And that's yeah. just the, the fact of it. And, and that's kind of how you should live your life anyways. Right? If there's 400 people and you're putting something out and you know that like a picture of a cake boss cake will get 300 people's, I know who that is. That's not as great as like the 40 people who would be like, how the fuck did you get into Milk Bar? Yeah, and tag us. Right? Can you confirm that? Um, uh, if you do get in, please. So, so that's, that's my thing. And then that's where I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Because my, my love of food was coming at a time when the Food Network wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted. Okay. Right? Did you watch Chef's Table at yes. all? Yes. Chef's Table France. Chef's Table. Um, all of them. Uh, all the spinoffs. So that's a big one right. where it takes like the top chefs in the world. Yeah. And like each episode, I think it's about an hour yeah. long. Am I right? Yeah. And they like deep dive into what makes them tick and why they're doing what they do. And you learn that like most chefs also own farms and like are growing all their own produce and like are like, yeah, like how the feats that they're going to bring the food that they want to create for people is more incredible than you. Like, you know, if you've never watched it before, like more incredible than you would imagine, I think. Yeah. If you've never watched it. Um, so no, but like let's let's kind of get into it because I mean our first segment part of this was like the food network and what I would call the food network frauds. Right? Okay. Like, I'm sorry, but like the giadas and all them, you guys are fine. But you can't they can't all cook, right? Um I mean some of them can cook. Okay, so do you want me to run through a list? When you get like an Amy I know, Schumer I know, or something. No, but I know yeah, you're, I'll tell you who I think. No, but I mean, you you don't want to hear my word for it. I'll give you like a quick rundown of these are the ones who've got no real formal training, um, and don't call themselves chefs. To be honest, right? So unfortunately, as much as we all love her and she's got the greatest smile in the world and a caboose to root for. Rachel Ray herself doesn't call herself a chef. Right? Not a chef. Never had formal training. Um, Recipe writer. Now, one of the guys who we both love from an instructional perspective isn't really well regarded when it comes to like stars or restaurants or anything. He's amazing at having grown brands and was one of the first guys to grow a brand around cookware, around Quick meals you can make. Um, but Jamie Oliver has actually never really come up with no more than like three to four original dishes. Right. So he's unfortunately, as great as he is, not one of the good ones. Right. But he's great from a branding perspective. Now, this is where it's going to intersect because there's, there's only one chef in the world who's not only sold us all cookware. <laughs> but is also one of the best when it comes to the stars and restaurant and everything else, right? We'll get to him later. Um, but there's only one who's done both. It's rotten. Look, look. It's rotten, Mohammed. You know I'll probably never be able to afford to eat at like Gordon Ramsay's self-titled restaurant. Well, Ramsay's got um, like 30 options for you, man. You can make it. Yeah, but some of them are like Gordon Ramsay's is 
I ate at a Wolfgang uh, that shut down like six months after I ate it. Right? Like it opened. Like I, I, this is the funniest thing that's ever happened to me when in the world of cooking. I remember living at like Young and Shepherd and being like, holy fuck, a Wolfgang's is opening. And it took longer for the Wolfgang's, like, you know, when they put up the opening soon, like construction has started. That took longer than the restaurant was actually open for. Eight months I waited for it from the opening. I went within like the first two months of it being open. Within six months of it having been open, gone. You know what we're getting in Kitchener that I can't wait for? Chick-fil-A. Oh, gosh, really? I'm super excited. I've had Uh, it. Before we get into that, before we get into it. It's going to go the way of the Krispy Kreme in Kitchener, just so you're aware. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'll fucking open it. Before we get into who you want to talk about, what is your opinion on, like, the chopped judges? Uh, I would say that, do you know who Scott Conan is? Or Conan? Yeah, I mean... So he's, I think, a good chef. He has a place in, I want to say, Vegas. I'm well, no, of course. I mean, listen, let's not get in. Like, we can get into good chef. There's thousands upon thousands of good chefs. Um, I'm going to take your word for it. If you think he's worth trying, I'm going to put him on the list, right? Because that's generally how it goes. You find a thing, and. That's it, right? Like I, I mean, we I talked about it earlier. Instead of going to Niagara, you go to Ottawa. Um, the yeah. now it's changes. You you watch the lists and you go. Instead of going to Ireland, I might go to Thailand because of a chef who might be doing something. Right? Um, I think it's a good time, man, because it's like you're worried about it costing too much to get to a certain restaurant, but. The joy of Instagram, Twitter, social media, the web is if, you, if you're tuned in enough and you're on top of it enough, you might be able to get to these places before it gets to be too expensive for you to go, right? Well, since we're talking about Michelin star chefs, can you order French laundry on Uber Eats? Probably can, no. Kind of fucking tipped you have to give that Uber. I'll throw the I'll throw it out on Twitter, but I did read something in like New York Times maybe like two or three months ago about a Michelin star restaurant that had started doing Uber Eats during the pandemic. DoorDash. Um because at this point it had just come down to pandemic is pandemic. Even even Michelin star restaurants in New York. It was in New York City, um for sure. Sure. That was doing it. Um but man. Imagine. Just imagine that. Have you eaten at a Michelin star restaurant? Uh, unexpectedly, I did. Oh, I did okay. not know I did. Um, I was on a work trip to Quebec, and we were in um, so outside of Quebec City or within Quebec City is an actual native reservation. I don't. I can't remember the name of it. I can look up this place. Um, it's it's a native restaurant run at a native hotel that has a Michelin. Right? Oh, cool. Um, or, sorry, it doesn't, it may or may not now. The, the chef who had started it had the star. He may have left for fair, like France or Spain or something else. But, anyways, it was all, it was fantastic because it was native inspired cooking, um, high end, but it was just like bison, elk, um, cool. those, yeah, nice, sure. those kinds of things. It was, it was amazing. Um, Local. Yeah. Yeah. Right? 
But unfortunately, I don't think there's any current Canadian Michelin star restaurants. What about, uh, there's a chef in Montreal, Chuck Hughes. He's in Quebec City, yeah. I think. Old Quebec. There you go. He's amazing. He has Garde Manger, and then uh, his old sous chef uh, has Le Bremner. Those two places sound pretty good. Those would be definitely worth checking out. There's a couple, like, spot, like, there's a couple real big spots in uh, old Quebec, I guess, right? This is, that's the scary part about um, this pandemic, though, right? Will they be there when we're done? Yeah. And how many, can, like, I've already, I've read so many articles on, on some of these really, really high-end fine dining. Well, I mean, not, it's hard to find fine dining now, but I would, what I would call um, fine cuisine, right? Because you can go to a pub and get some really amazing fries. Um, but they're, they're kind of recalibrating in the sense of some of them are protecting their money, right? Like David Chang was very, very open at the beginning of the pandemic about like their restaurant group was hemorrhaging money and losing money fast. And people sort of knocked it in this where I felt like, Hey, like you guys, everybody needs to remember that these are just people trying to do the best that they can. Momofuku. Yeah. Right. Like Momofuku group was in trouble and people were like, how is that possible? I've had a meal there and it was 400 bucks. Well, yeah, you know what? That's fine. But like, these guys are also in prime retail locations. They also pay top end money for the best ingredients. They also pay their staff top dollars. So yeah, you can go to a Kelsey's and pay 30 bucks for something. And the profit margin on that meal might've been 30% for Kelsey's, but you might spend 400 bucks at Momofuku and they might only be making 12 to 13% off of that meal. Right. Uh, just because you're spending a shit ton more doesn't mean that their expenses aren't more either. And so they had to start making cuts, closing down restaurants left, right, and center. And the question is, like, what's going to be left? Um, a lot of groups are like that. And then you mix in, like, the mom and pop shops, like a Paul and Sandy's barbecue, which kind of has to just close up shop and go. It might have been the only place for you to be able to get, like, you know, wood-smoked barbecue in the neighborhood. This is going to be a fucking issue. And like, it's um, the pandemic for the food industry, to be honest, kind of almost feels like it's like the dot com bust of like pets.com losing hundreds of billions of dollars overnight because there was so much like companies like DoorDash, Skip the Dishes, and Uber Eats only existed because. Five, six, seven years ago, Instagram made it really, really cool to take pictures of your food. And because of that, a whole the word gastropub didn't exist a decade ago. What the fuck's a gastropub? And now it's like every city better have 30. And then a pandemic comes in, right? Food pub, food right? Pub. And like now the pandemic comes in, it hits, and all of a sudden a skip, an Uber, and a DoorDash become essential services. And we got to worry about like the next gastro pub that might shut down. And I'm my concern about this all is I've invested way too much time over the last few years of learning about who the best restaurants in the world are, who the most up and coming chefs and restaurants are. I'm subscribing to way too many instas and like 
news accounts that are telling me about new restaurant openings for all of this to just go away right now. I'm not ready for it. And I don't want to be left with moxies and milestones and the keg. And just because the pickle barrel, I don't want to be left with that. And it's like, how do we prevent that from happening? I don't know, but like, Get out there, find your local restaurants and order from them, right? Like, there's so many good ones, man. So many good ones. We have one, there's one other section that I wanted to talk to you about as far as like how to consume, (laughs) consume, get it? Uh, Media about food or cooking. Mm -hmm. Movies about cooking. Oh, that's on topic. So things like Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. Julie and Julia. Okay. Um, the Hundred Foot Journey. Fantastic movie. So underrated. Ratatouille. Yeah. Also underrated. Yeah. Burnt. Love it, but hate Bradley. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a good one. Uh, We've talked about Jiro it. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then obviously, I think the big one maybe for, maybe would be Chef, right? that, That's my big one, yeah. That's like actually in my top three movies of all time. I mean, it's great. It's a great movie. And he calls in favors on that one big time too. Hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey, Iron Man and, uh, and Black Widow. Hey, remember how I made your careers even bigger than they were? (laughs) Even like Sofia Vergara, who was probably one of the biggest stars at the time. Hey, hey, you want to be in my low budget film that I'm having a blast doing? But they, they did a great job. And, it spun off what is probably my favorite cooking show on Netflix because it yeah. mixes what we want. We want the instructional. Yep. I want to see the recipe and how it was put together. Uh, I want it to be fun. You want to see a real chef. And exactly. I want to see real chefs. And what I think is amazing is to me, Roy is one of the best. But even on that show, Roy often is like the guy who's looking at the other featured chef being like, how do you do it? And I think there's something amazing about that. Like, I love the idea of Roy Choi, who's an amazing chef. He's done amazing things with Koji and his food trucks and everything. Looking at another chef and being like, whoa, man, like, I've never done it like that. That's amazing. And it's, it's on the same level of like when I watch stand-up comedians talking to other stand-ups, Right. Or like other musicians talking to other musicians and they see things at a different way or they have a respect for one another on a different level, right? Um, that's yeah. what I love about that show is just you can see it all come through. And then and then we as the audience are John Favreau, right? Like learning through Roy and being like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm just happy that you like my knife skills, right? Yeah. Like, it, there's like the in-joke when you see the chefs that like, it's the in joke that us outsiders want to be in on is kind of what we like to see. You made me think about that analogy because of the comedy thing. Um, I saw, I don't know if this will even stay in, but I remember comedians and cars getting coffee. Uh, Seth Rogen and Jerry Seinfeld and the in joke, they start, they talk about, or it comes on the radio or whatever spirit in the sky. I love that song. 
Christian song about the spirit in the sky. And they're like, and his last name is Greenbaum. And they just both started laughing. The in-joke yeah. was that the Jewish he guy wrote the song, right? Wrote, wrote the song. And I obviously never thought about that before. I'm not yep. clever yep. enough. You know where I learned about that? But now that's what I uh, like. I was actually listening to, cause I'm stupid. I listen to music like that all the time. Sunday morning, yeah. just kind of had it on my kitchen hub. Like kind of great. Riff. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Spotify is playing it on the, the hub and the, the hub also does the genius, the lyrics. And it's like, yeah. I'm going to oh, yeah. say like only 33% of the songs on Spotify, maybe even less than that have that. So it's, it's always a, like a, a nice little surprise for when I get, I'm like, oh my God, there's lyric behind the lyrics. Let's see. And that's when I learned, I was like, oh my goodness. Pop up video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> look at this guy. Just number one hit, cashing in all that Christian money. Half of them probably want to see him burnt anyways, right? Like, oh, Jesus. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Just saying. There's one thing. There's You You listed some great food movies, and John, I'm I, you'd be remiss because I know you're going to end this recording, go back to bed, wake up in the morning, and be like, fuck. So can I say it now so that you don't have that moment? Sure, sure, sure. Waiting. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Not really about food. <laughs> oh, wasn't it though? Oh, the food you don't want to eat. Trust me. Support your local restaurants. We, for a little while in Kitchener, had a uh, had a had a, a chef that was quite acclaimed. Oh yeah, uh, he had a restaurant called the Berlin. Oh, I heard lots of good things about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the only restaurant in KW that I as an outsider, and I call myself an outsider because if you're o- away from somewhere for, for over a decade, um, you got to be really careful. There's only two. All right? So if somebody's like, oh, I'm going to your, your old city of Kitchener and Waterloo for a conference. Where should I eat? There's only two. Like, I'll be like, go to Langdon Hall or go to the mill. Because mm. that's the only two places I can like comfortably be like, go. Um, and it also teaches me a lot about people too, right? Like somebody's like, Oh, I'm going to go to Langdon Hall. I'll be like, cringe. You could be giving me bigger, better gifts. Um, whereas the mill, I think is still like a smart choice. It's cheap enough and it's nice enough. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I would, those two places I would never tell you to go to. Oh, the mill's fantastic. Like on a Wednesday night, man, like 70 bucks, you get a bottle of wine, you get like food and you're in and out. You get to see the water, but well, like never for the- like, Langdon Hall's up. Mm, yeah. I've never been, I've never actually eaten at Langdon Hall. It seems stuffy. Yeah, I'm not, I've been there once, no, twice. And I don't know if I would do it um, as a local. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But the mill's fine. The mill's always got deals going on. Berlin had, like, was actually interesting. You know, it was a, a, a chef named Jonathan Gushu. Okay. Uh, he was the Langdon Hall chef at one point, actually. But there he, you go. the theme of the restaurant was everything cooked over like open flame. So that was kind of interesting. Like they had charcoal and wood yeah. burning oven that they cooked everything over. So it was all about fire and that, which was kind of a cool theme. You nailed it. This is exactly what we've been talking about the whole time. You want to go to the restaurants before they become crazy ridiculous. And you would go, like, you know, why did you go? Or why were you interested? Because he was the former chef of a place that you won't go to, right? <laughs> Get it? Like, if 
if he had been the former head manager at Burger King, that restaurant doesn't get as much play. But the fact that, hey, it's the former chef, uh, he was one of the guys over at Langdon Hall, and he just kind of went out on his own. The amount of times you're going to read a blog TO or something telling you to go to the next big place is generally because that person left the last big place. Well, bang. My favorite restaurant in Kitchener, Waterloo is called The Red House. Uh, chef Dan McGowan was the former executive chef at the Charcoal Steakhouse. There we go. I like the Charcoal that. Steakhouse, the institution steakhouse in Kitchener, Waterloo, right. who has been serving pigtails, barbecued pigtails, for 30 years and will never change. So a young talent like him moves up in the world, gets this experience, and then leaves and opens up his own restaurant. He's from... Ghana, I think. So, you know, like he has like hot pots and curries and things on his menu. Um, wasn't, didn't want to make like barbecue ribs and pigtails his whole career, right? So, this is our favorite restaurant in town. I would eat there every day if I could afford to. <laughs> and uh, exact same, former chef of charcoal. Oh, okay. Well, we should check out his new restaurant. And then little do we know, like, it's my favorite spot. Like, that's where I would tell you to go if you were coming to Waterloo. There you go, right? Those those are the ones where you have to go to 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 appreciate that somebody's learned from someone else, right? Like a Langdon Hall has to exist so that people can keep coming through the kitchen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then striking out on their own, right? That's just how it has to be. Um so I've eaten at restaurants like, okay, so like one of the benefits for me being out in Toronto is um, summerlicious and winterlicious. Obviously, during the pandemic hasn't happened, but it was always one of the best ways to be like, okay, you know, years and years and years ago when it started, the list was small. It was generally 50 restaurants. It's grown. You can get to about two, 300 now because a lot of restaurants in the city put their name into the hat and a lot of them can get in. But it's gone from being, you could never make a wrong decision years ago, where it's like, hey, I'm just going to book a restaurant. I can't make a wrong call here. You can now. Mm -hmm. um, now there's so many there that you might, you are rewarded if you do your research the same way you research a wine or you research a, like a good scotch. If you know what restaurants are the best value, right? Because you're going to get a simple menu. It's a price fix. And then you have to kind of say, okay, I can get a table at this place for a winterlicious, but I would never be able to get a table during a regular year. It's worth a shot. Or there's no reason I would pay 75 bucks for this menu when this place is usually 50% full anyways. And most of this shit on their menu costs this much anyways. It's not worth booking. So I've had the luxury of going to like certain restaurants that I can walk out of later and be like, I'm never fucking going to Tundra again. Yeah. Because as fancy as it seems, and as much as it might be on every Zagat's guide for Toronto or every must go to restaurant, it wasn't one of my favorites. And I've been to like plenty to know that that's not one of my, like it, that one was purely hype. That's like, on the par of going to the revolving restaurant at the CN Tower. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. That's a. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Burned. <laughs> Roasted. Boom. 
Yeah. Roast. Uh, Before we get to the end, special shout outs to our favorite chefs. Okay. Uh, we can, we can name them off as we want, but I think we're just going to go with the big one. This is my guy. Um, okay. I, I own his cookware, the Royal Delton collection. Me too. Um, Me too. And the reason he's my guy is because there's so few that can do it great on both sides, right? We talked earlier in the podcast about shitty frauds from the Food Network um, and then fantastic guys who showed up on the final table, uh, a show that's not getting a second season. Why? Because everybody who was on the show was too goddamn expensive. Um, <laughs> seriously, when you've got the best chefs in the world, apparently they want more than 100 grand to fly out to just stand on a stage for a day. Their time's pretty valuable. Yeah, apparently. Sorry, Grant and Enrique. Jeffrey um, Zakarian in the Food Network just geez. waiting for the next show. Apparently, when you fly in, every single Michelin star chef in the world, they want private. Um, watch the final table if you want to know who the best chefs in the world are. But the guy who wasn't on final table because he's got his own shows everywhere while also managing 20 damn networks while also having like double-digit Michelin stars is 16, my guy. Actually, My guy. Yeah. I said double digits. Yeah, no, no, I'm just giving you a number. If you want to know how many. My man, the legend, Gordon Ramsay. Oh, that's him. You're right. He is the best, right? He, he is the best for when you want to talk celebrity chef. It's cool because right? he's there and accessible, yeah. but he really is good. But like, he's talented. He like, you know what I mean? Um, I think. I think there's plenty of Michelin star winning chefs who would look at a Jamie Oliver, a Bobby Flay, or a Guy Fieri and kind of be like, ugh, I'm glad they're making money, but like I can't, I can't, like I can't believe that people think they're better than me, right? Um, whereas they can't say that about a Ramsey, right? Yeah. Um, like a Joel Robuchon can't say that about a Ramsey because they're both up there together. Um, you know, rest in peace, Bourdain. Bourdain was one of those guys who kind of cut through both ways, too. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No reservations. I did have that. That's on Prime. Yeah. Um, David Chang, too, right? Like, Momofuku is a legendary, like, you know, mm -hmm. job. Um, Grant is one of my favorites. Grant Holocaust. And then the things he does in New York is amazing. Daniel Bolud. Let's go there. Um, What's cool about Gordon Ramsay is like, if, okay, so imagine, yeah. like, it, he's so his, his recipes and his, learning is so easily accessible right like the cool thing is like i could and i've watched it before so i could probably reproduce it mm -hmm. i can make world-class scrambled eggs by watching a four-minute video of gordon ramsay like you yeah. want to learn how to make like the best french scrambled egg he'll tell you in like five minutes you're getting training from one of the best in the world having his yeah. resource right you, you want to learn how to learn make the best uh, beef Wellington in the world? You want to learn about a Duxal or whatever? And and the wonderful part about a Ramsey, you can learn everything, you can read the recipes, you can do everything you want, um, but you'll never get the scallops right. <laughs> now, if you've got scallop recipes of your own and you'd like to send them in, perhaps we'll feature them on our new website. Yeah. Oh, look at this guy. What a, he undercuts his own work this week. Gorov, tell me what you did this week. I don't know. I checked in on the intern. The intern had some great work done this weekend, though. Oh, that's what it was. That's who it was, intern. 
Well, yeah, man. We only we only hire the best to not pay them. Um, right. But yeah, website in development that we I think hinted on weeks ago yes. um, has actually developed. If you would, where can the people go? They can go to C uh, Y C T. Yeah, I think that's. Can, can you confirm that? C Y C T though. Pod. Because this is a podcast. So CYCT pod almost makes sense, right? Dot com. What? Uh, com. That's the one. That's the one. It's and exciting uh, stuff. I think the best thing would be when you get to there, you just you just put your email like in at the top so that we know you came by. Um, and we will promise to never actually send you an email. Oh yeah, definitely no. I definitely don't want to have to write emails. You you might get like one every Three months, I'm thinking. I don't know. No, don't expect weekly ones, right? Because no, no, big the, updates. The episode description is like as much writing as I want to do every week, anyways, guys. Lucky for you, you don't do the writing around here. Well, well. sometimes <laughs> that's all um, good. You but, can, maybe you guys can tell which ones. There's something I want people to do on that website if you're going. Okay, I want you to answer the poll. About if is John right about Ryan Johnson or, or not? Okay, and say Ryan's a hack. You can't. Give, give you can't vote. leave can, the win. I can. You can't do that. You know I what? Can. Okay, listen. <laughs> I can't. Even every every single I'm asking you athlete. Even LeBron James during the election was just asking people to vote. He wasn't telling them yeah. how to vote. He was just asking them to vote. All right. This is commerce. This isn't. This isn't, this uh, isn't a .org. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Everyone listening, I have a big thank you out there to give you guys. We, can I talk about this a little? Can I say this? I'm excited about this. We ranked number 105 for uh, 105th in Canada for comedy podcast on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. Uh, that was a big one. So that's kind of a cool to hear, um, except we're not under the top 100 yet. So I want you guys to try to help us get to the under the you know get into the top 100. I, I don't think it'd be that far away. Um, if you're listening and, and you think you can help, if you listen on app on iTunes or Apple, which a lot of you guys are, see if you can help us get in the top 100. And how can you do that? Give us a rating and a review on iTunes. That'd be huge. Yeah. Huge. Follow us on Instagram. Can you confirm that? On Twitter, CYCT Pod. And I want you guys to go to our website and check it out. I promise that we're doing more to earn that under 100 spot on yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. You guys go and rate us. There's a whole we're pool give you more this year. Where, yeah. where you can go and pretty much decide what I will do for 12 hours of my life. Please choose wisely. I'd rather watch Bridgerton if we're going to lead votes, oh. if we're telling people how to vote. <laughs> Go for it. Please don't make me yeah. watch Never Have I Ever. I don't even I don't even know Never Had I Ever. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's too, uh, it's too diverse. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It means um, exactly what it means. <laughs> okay. So I think we're wrapped up here. This is episode 29 of Can You Confirm That, everybody? If you're here, if you spent your time with us from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for helping us uh, 
get to where we are, which is um, two broke dudes with a website. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're working on it. Website. Just trying to give you guys uh, more content. We're having fun. Oh, website costs more than you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And if you and if you happen to cook any meals this week, don't forget to hashtag that shit with the fact check army. We'd yeah, love to see know. it. Tag. We'd love to see your cooking endeavors. Tag CYCT pod or can you confirm that? Any of those. Let us know what you're cooking or where you've eaten. Uh, this week is all about food. I mean, I'm a fat guy who loves food, so I want to know everything you guys are doing. Every meal. <laughs> like the it's like the worst weight loss app in the world because you don't nobody tells you you're over calories everybody just says that looks fucking amazing thanks everybody thanks grav thanks everyone for listening all right man thanks jenna marbles come back we miss you <laughs>